Today, we are starting a new series on our founding documents of our nation. I can't think of anything more important for us to study right now as we are already in the 2024 primary season. Does anybody feel that happening? Uh, We have debates going to start happening Um, in both parties. People are declaring their candidacy. They're running in Iowa, New Hampshire and South Carolina. And what are they actually running for? Um, What is our government supposed to do? What are the powers that they have? What are the powers they don't have? How many of us actually know what the Constitution says? Well, Today, we're starting a series on the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence and the, and the Constitution. And I am joined uh, by our curriculum director and our director of strategic ministry partners, Ben Quine. Ben comes to us from a long history of curriculum development. His parents, David and Shirley Quine, started Cornerstone Curriculum. They've been in homeschool curriculum for years. Ben is a uh, classically Uh, trained pianist. Um, He loves everything literature. He loves Shakespeare. Um, He loves the Bible. Ben Quine um, has such deep thoughts about things that it it challenges me. I'm telling you, he wants us to dig into the Bible like never before. Um, Ben's classes on biblical justice, we're working on biblical economics right now, Um, I believe are really going to change people's hearts and minds for the future. So Ben's going to talk to us first about the Declaration of Independence. And I love this series because not only is he going to teach you on the documents over the next few weeks, but he's going to read the documents to us the next few weeks. How many of us have actually read the Declaration of Independence? How many of us have actually read the Constitution? So instead of you just going to sleep during the readings of these documents, I want you to consider how important they are for our nation right now and specifically the season we're in. There's nobody better that I can think of to teach our founding documents. Please welcome Ben Quine. Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engaged podcast. I'm your host, Bunny Pounds, the president of Christians Engaged. This ministry exists to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to do three things. To pray for our elected officials and our nation regularly. To vote in every election to impact our culture and to engage in some form of civic education or involvement for the well-being of our nation. So thankful, Bunny, for what you do. A lot of people talk the talk, but you really walk the walk. I love it, love it. Love teaming up with you, Bunny. So excited about what you're doing and the people you're reaching. And And I will stand and lock arms with this woman of God, Bunny Pounds, any day of the week. Bunny, you are a new hero of mine. America is worth it. Now is the time. America needs your involvement. Please take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. Join with a movement of other Christians that are doing these three simple things that can really impact this nation. Join us. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be here with you today. I'm thrilled to have this opportunity to talk with you about some very important documents. This is Conversations with Christians Engaged, our weekly video podcast 
where we talk about important issues facing our country from a biblical perspective. My name is Ben Quine, and I'm so glad that you have joined us today. Please take a minute and like this video. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, then share the video with your friends and on your social media. Check out all of our resources, our pledge, and our classes at christiansengaged.org. I know you will love them. Over the next few videos, we're going to talk about the founding documents of our country, the Declaration of Independence, which defines the dream and standards of our nation, the Constitution, which establishes the structures of how our government works, and the Bill of Rights, which outlines the basic rights of every individual on which the government may not infringe. We are thoroughly blessed to live in the United States of America, and we're absolutely blessed to have these documents as the law of our land. Together, they make a trio which define our government, its standards, the practical nuts and bolts of how it operates, and the limits placed on it. If you love freedom, if you support diversity and the rights of minorities, if you're a fan of women being able to vote, if you're in favor of lifting people out of poverty, if you promote freedom of speech and religion, and if you're grateful that slavery has been ended, then you owe our Founding Fathers eternal, undying gratitude and honor. In fact, we all owe this rather small collection of men the highest praise. They were not perfect, but it was their wisdom and sacrifice which made all these things possible. It is very important that we understand these documents. Sadly, most Americans these days have never read their Constitution. We're going to read it together. You're going to love it. It will blow your socks off. Now, I know it's easy to feel a sense of intimidation when people start talking about legal documents, but I'd like to assure you that there's no need to feel that way about these works. And to illustrate why, I brought a few other documents we'll use for comparison. These are some of my favorite books. The incredible Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. At 300 words per minute, it would take about 29 hours to read its 530,000 words. It's long, but it's worth it. Uh, then we have Tolkien's wonderful The Lord of the Rings. That's about 480,000 words, and that would take about 26 hours to read. The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis comes in at around 345,000 words, or just over 19 hours of reading time. Another favorite is Pride and Prejudice. That's 120,000 words, or just about 6.5 hours to complete. These are all delightful, and I know you'll be blessed if you take the time to read them. Then there are other secular works, which I don't recommend, but which have reached huge audiences in spite of their length. The Harry Potter series, for instance, contains 1.08 million words. At 300 words per minute, it would take about 60 hours to read the series in its entirety. The Game of Thrones series comes in at 1.7 million words. That's over 90 hours of reading. Again, I don't recommend these books, but for all their length, they have been read by millions and millions of people. Next, this stack here <clears throat> represents the 2023 Omnibus Bill. It also comes in 
just around 4,000 pages, 720,000 words. That's, that's just about 40 hours for one single bill. Then there's another collection that I wanted to bring called the Code of Federal Regulations. At first I thought I'd make a stack for it as well, but I don't have anywhere near enough paper. It's 174,000 pages, 103 million words. So that's somewhere between 60 and 70 feet tall, roughly the height of the White House, roughly as long as a sperm whale. If you took the, the Code of Federal Regulations and laid all the pages end to end, it would be nearly as long as a marathon. I, I mention that because these are the, the general and permanent rules created by our departments and agencies of our federal government. These are the rules which the federal government uses to control each area of American life. They include rules on how you may name your brand of wine or how much water you're allowed to use to flush your toilet. Just for your information, I, I learned the other day that 27 USC 207 and 25E, uh, also 27 Code of Federal, CFR Code of Federal Relations 4.39A9, you don't want to forget that, it's pretty important, <clears throat> that makes it a federal crime to sell wine with a brand name that includes the word zombie. I'm not making that up. That is, that is actually in the Code of Federal, federal Regulations. Now, it would take, considering how long this, this uh, work is, it would take 5,727 hours to read the entire code. That's 238 days if you read nonstop. That's crazy. Now, I'd like to contrast those with these two books, these two works, the Bible and the Constitution. These are documents for life. First, the Bible. The King James Bible has just over 1,400 pages and just over 780,000 words. Uh, the English Standard Version has around 757,000 words. So if you're reading it 300 words per minute, it will take just about 43 hours to read from cover to cover. That's really not very long, and let me encourage you to read through the whole Bible at least once a year. On average, it would take just seven minutes a day. Now, all of our founding documents together, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitutional Amendments are less than 10,000 words. Just look at the comparison here. This means you could read the, all the founding documents from start to finish in less than an hour. And yet, when was the last time we read them? I'd like, to, I'd like to communicate to you today that the main reason our country is on the decline is that we are so unfamiliar with these two important works. The Bible tells us how life works, and the Constitution tells us how our country should work. If we don't know them, if we don't follow these two books, our individual lives will be a mess, our society will be a mess, and our government will be a mess. Now, these modern documents, modern laws, 
They take power away from you and give it to the government. Our founding documents, on the other hand, were written to give power to you and to limit the government. So don't be intimidated. America's founding documents are not written in convoluted legal jargon like these are. Of course, most of our modern laws today are written intentionally to confuse, written intentionally to be difficult, written to be intentionally hard to understand so they can stifle debate and remove people like you and me from being involved in the governing process. But the founders wrote to empower you. They use beautiful and elevated language. Yes, a few of the words are ones we don't use much anymore. But it is an accessible document and is written for you. So let's begin with the Declaration of Independence. The American Revolutionary War was not a normal revolution in that it was not a rebellion. So this document is a declaration from the dutifully elected leaders of a lay people who had been attacked. Because of the abuse, neglect, and abdication of duty of the present King of Great Britain, as they called him, because he had ceased to follow God's design for government, the people's elected leaders were choosing to separate themselves from that unjust leader. Written by Thomas Jefferson and adopted by the Second Continental Congress on July 4, 1776, the Declaration expresses the ideals of our nation. We have never fully realized these goals, but this is our foundation and our aim. This is our national charter, our national dream, the goals the founders were striving for. As we read, listen to what the Declaration says about human rights. Specifically, where do our rights come from? When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, put pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government 
and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state, remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions from within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states. For that purpose, obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us, in many cases, of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments. For suspending our own legislatures, 
and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is, at this time, transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruel and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages, and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas, to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in our attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them, as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that, as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Thomas Jefferson's incredible document was revolutionary. It stood in direct opposition to the traditional power structures of the day. It fundamentally challenged authoritarian worldviews and governmental systems in place the world over. It undermined the foundation of the institutions of slavery and inequality which had been practiced throughout almost all of world history 
up to that point. It was a bold, daring, and revolutionary dream. The Declaration stated what America stands for and what we would one day hope to achieve. Ideals which would take years of conflict and hundreds of thousands of deaths to actually realize. What I love about the Declaration of Independence is that, as John Quincy Adams stated, the general principles that our country was founded on were the general principles of Christianity. Let's go over a few of them briefly. First of all, the Declaration recognizes that God is the one who establishes morality and law, and that all governments are subject to Him. Next, America's premier document recognizes that God is the Creator, not just the Creator of the universe and of physical and moral law, but the Creator of each one of us. God gives rights to each individual, and government is in the wrong when it takes them away. These rights pre-exist government. The concept of God-given rights stands in stark contrast to the atheistic view we see all around us today. If there was no God, then human rights must come from the government, and the government may limit them or take them away whenever it sees fit. We wouldn't be permitted any allowance that the government didn't want us to have. Thankfully, very thankfully, the Bible tells us that that isn't the case. Our loving Creator did give us rights that the government is not to mess with. The Declaration of Independence asserts that all governments and all rulers are subject to God and His rules. We appeal to God when a ruler abuses their authority. In other words, the American Revolution was not sedition against the king. The colonists were utilizing their civil representatives in an appropriate appeal up the, teal, up, up the tiers of authority to address a government which, according to God's word, was being unjust and tyrannical. And when England turned on their own colonies and began shooting civilians, the American Revolution became a just defensive war with an appropriately documented Declaration of Independence to support their decision. The Declaration of Independence lists a long train of abuses and usurpations, as Jefferson's put it, as reasons for separating from Great Britain. What's incredible is that each one of these violations of God-given human rights had been preached against from American pulpits all across the 13 colonies, starting from the early 1760s. That's almost 20 years before the Declaration was written. So, in a way, this document is a summary of the sermons which the people have been listening to, detailing God's standards of justice and government. And today, the church and individual believers like you are once again the answer our country needs to counter tyranny in our time. America was founded on very high ideals. But because we are all sinners, these ideals can only be implemented by imperfect people. That's why we need to be continually grounded in God's presence and in God's Word, which guides and directs our conduct based on righteousness and wisdom. So I urge you to spend quality time with God in prayer and to read His Bible every day. 
Only by following His instructions can we ever hope to have peace on earth. Listen to what Noah Webster, the father of American education, had to say. The most perfect maxims and examples for regulating your social conduct and domestic economy, as well as the best rules of morality and religion, are to be found in the Bible. The moral principles and precepts found in the Scriptures ought to form the basis of all our civil constitutions and laws. These principles and precepts have truth, immutable truth for their foundation. All the evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts contained in the Bible. For instruction, then, in social, religious, and civil duties, resort to the Scriptures for the best precepts. In other words, to achieve a healthy society, the Bible should form the basis of all our social and relational activities, all of our financial and business activities, all of our moral and religious activities, and all of our governmental and political activities. Benjamin Rush, uh, who was a, one of the signers of the Declaration, put it this way, By renouncing the Bible, philosophers swing from their moorings upon all moral subjects. It is the only correct map of the human heart that has ever been published. All systems of religion, morals, and government not founded upon the Bible must perish. This is right where we are today. Our country is in peril. So I encourage you to get involved. A great first step is to take the Christians Engaged Pledge. It's so easy. Just go to christiansengaged.org pledge and sign up right now. You'll receive a weekly prayer reminder email and other great content. And you'll also get email and text reminders before every election, so you'll never forget an election again. I also highly encourage you to check out our online video classes. They will give you a great biblical foundation and practical help on how to engage on these issues. If you're already engaged, I'd love you to write down the names of three friends and get them to take the pledge. Or maybe you could host a Christians Engaged class for your community. So, to close, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. We're just so grateful that you didn't leave us alone, but you spoke to us. You told us your truth. You told us about yourself, and you told us about your Son and the Gospel. Lord, thank you that you also gave us precepts for how government is to work and how it is to function. Lord, I would thank you so much for the founders of our country. Thank you that they were familiar with your word, that they knew its principles, and that they integrated so many of uh, your principles into our founding documents. And Lord, we thank you that they were willing to sacrifice so much so that we might be free. Father, we are burdened for our country today. And Lord, we pray that in America, we would live up to the, the ideals of equality and brotherhood and freedom that were um, talked about and aspired to in our founding documents, Lord. Uh, Father, we pray for our leaders. We pray for each person in America, Lord, that we would return to you 
and that we would return to our founding documents and founding principles so that we could be a light to this world, so that we could honor you in every area of our lives and our government. Lord, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd love to hear what you thought about this video. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the full declaration. So please like, comment, and subscribe, and share this video. Also, be sure to join us next time as we dive into the Constitution. You won't want to miss it. Thank you again for joining me, and remember, God's Word has the answers for life. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible podcast. What in the time we've had. We love you so much. We love being in your life. Have you subscribed? Have you shared this with your family and friends? Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get your audio or video pods. We need your help. This mission is undergirded by individuals just like you that support this ministry monthly, annually, and whenever you think about us to be able to reach over a million Christians in the next two years. That's our goal. We want to empower a million Christians around America to pray, vote, and engage regularly. Will you help us? We're here to do that, and we need your help. I want to say thank you to our partners at The Stream. What an incredible online publication put out by James Robinson and Life Outreach International as we come together across denominational lines as believers to discern what God's saying about the news of the day and to hear from different viewpoints. Check out the stream, make it your homepage, and get on their email list. This product is amazing. Also, our partners at Edify app, put out by Christian Post. This podcast app is a convergence of Bible teachers around America. We're excited to be a part of Edify app check out all their other podcasts. Thank you so much again for caring about this nation. We're here to help you pray, vote, and engage. We'll see you next week.